Hey, it's Grant Morris from Happy Hour. Just before today's show starts, I just want to tell you something about Patreon.com. If you go to Patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour, you can help us out for as little as $1 a month. You can be a part of the Happy Hour family, support the show, and get all kinds of exclusive content, as well as an opportunity to be actually on the show anytime you feel like it. You can check that out at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. It's New Orleans Happy Hour. Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know, however, is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour. 60 minutes of, uh, what is it? What is it? It's a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar. Today we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street where they have half-price cocktails and half-price food every day from 3 to 6. It's happy hour at Wayfair every day and it's happy hour here for the next 60 minutes. Thanks for joining us. I have a very interesting bunch of guys sitting around the table here at Wayfair today who I'd like you to meet. Andrew Principe is here on my right. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm. Thank you for spelling. I'm. How am I? It's very nice <laughs> you ask. I'm good. It's nice of you to spell your name phonetically too, because that is a weird name. P R I N C I P E, pronounced Principe. That's right. Are you Are you from somewhere north of Lafayette or something? Uh, I grew up in New York. Yeah. You're from New York, so yeah, it's yeah. somewhere out of Lafayette. Yes. Yes. So how do you end up with a name like Principe? Uh, you're Italian. Oh, it's Italian. And uh, at did you one guys point... know it was Italian? No. Kevin Gardere is here as well, <laughs> and that's French. That's G-A-R-D-E-R-E. So I just think everything's there, French. There's a French derivative. There is definitely a French principe. But however, your family is Italian. It's definitely Italian. Now, you look Italian once you say that. Well, thank you. Do you think he looks Italian, Kevin? He's on the bubble. On the bubble <laughs> yeah. between Italian and... French. Right. French. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. I'm not too insulted by that. And what about world-famous <laughs> Jason Bishop is here from Jason Bishop and the $2 Pistols. That's right. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good to good. be here, man. I'm Thanks. It's great to have you here. It's Jason, in case you don't know, is a traditional country music artist, the like of which you don't see all that often anymore, or here. Well, especially here. But especially yeah, here. Right. Yeah. I guess if you lived in Nashville, maybe you'd hear more guys like you. No, but even not there, really. More, more so in Texas, I would say. You're you know, from uh, Texas originally. Yeah, absolutely. From, so uh, what made you want to hear? Oh, my parents moved here when I was young. and uh, Did they? Yeah. Something's come with them. Yeah. So, yeah. You had to come. Yeah, they weren't going to leave me on the doorstep anymore. How, but, how old were you? Oh, I was, uh, I was in my teens whenever I came here. So, okay. Yeah. So I've, been here, I've been here ever since. I mean, I've, you know, I've lived back there a few times, but actually uh, this is basically home. Right. You know, so, so you've, had, you've held on to a bit of the Texas twang. Right? Yeah. It's hard to get rid of. Yeah. Have you tried to? No. Not really. No, you need no, that. I have not tried to get rid of it. So you grew up here in New Orleans, really? Yeah, from, basically. From teenage. What mm -hmm. high school did you go to? Well, I went to East St. John. was out in uh, Laplace, St. John Parish. Right. And uh, after I graduated, I moved, I moved here, and I've been playing music ever since. So, so where do you play principally? Up and down Bourbon Street? I used to. I was on Bourbon Street for about 26 years. Now, wow. uh, I travel more. I, I travel from Pensacola to Lukenbach. To uh, that's in Texas. Um, that's the one. That's the yeah, one. Who said that? Who was that? 
Oh, Waylon. Was that Asher? Oh, that was Asher. I thought Asher, was, that was Waylon Jennings, man. <laughs> no, it was Asher. That's Asher, what it was. It was Asher Life. But uh, yeah, I do a lot of traveling now. Right. So, uh, no, you it's know, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. And Waylon. And the boy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Asher, are you going to have an argument about who's saying? Yes. Yeah. Asher what, and I are going to get into the debate. Name of, Google was, it, would you? Oh, man. Sea Rock will find it. What was the actual name of the song? Back to the Basics. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Back, back to, the, to the basics of it was basics. not. It was not written by Waylon. Can, can you do a bit of it? Sure. Okay. Grab the guitar yeah. and do a little bit of it then. I was. Uh, yeah. Really I can do a little bit. Okay. Thing. So are we you, have a guitar mic and Are you not? Uh, are you not familiar with that? Yeah, I know the song. Sure. Back oh, to the you? basics oh, okay. of life. Yeah. I don't think I can sing it. The only two things in life that make it worth living. His guitar's a tune, good and firm, feeling women. <laughs> and I don't need my name in the marquee lights. I've got my song and I got you with me tonight. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of love. Let's go to Luke and Bach, Texas, with That's Willie and Waylon and the boys. This successful life we're living Got us feuding like the Hatfields and McCoy Between that Hank Williams pain songs New Bears train songs And blue eyes crying in the rain Out in Lukenbach, Texas There ain't nobody feeling no pain Yeah, okay. That's the, that's the short version. Say, that's beautiful. How'd you uh, like to be able to do that just on a time, you guys? All right. Am I, am I next? Because I can't. Yeah, yeah. You want to do something, <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> What's your favorite guitar. country song? Oh, you're putting like me on the spot. You do like a ju- you listen That's okay. To country I, I people, don't listen to country music. A lot of people go. don't. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. A lot of people okay. say, what kind of music do you like? They say, oh, I like all music except country. Yeah. Some people just say that a lot. Well, I, like, I like both kinds. Country and western. <laughs> yes, country and western. <laughs> do you find a lot of people don't like country or is it just... No, um, I, know. I, I think a lot of people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that co- difficult to understand. To, to actually, to actually, you actually, it's it's a it's a genre you have to listen to. Yeah. So a lot of people don't, you know. Right. You have to actually listen to it. Most people who don't like it, I think, probably think it's hokey, and, yeah, and every song is pretty much the same. And, and a lot of it is kind of, believe it or not, it's really thought. It's kind of thought provoking. So, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to slip my wrist for listening <laughs> to that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, and somebody asked me the other day, they said, why are you playing all them sad songs? I said, because they make me happy. Why is so, that? Why, um, why, do it make, why do sad songs make us happy? Why do people write so many songs about heartbreak? Because I, well, I honestly don't, I think the reason being is because when, when that's uh, introduced to you that somebody's in a way better worse shape than you are. Oh, that makes you feel good right. by comparison. <laughs> that's right. Okay. You know, there's no way I could feel that bad. Do you think that's right, Kevin? I do. Because you uh, do this for a living. You talk to people who are fucked up for... (laughs) Yeah, and one of the denial patterns is comparison. Is it? But then again, the people who are walking into our doors know, you know, they see somebody who may be much worse off than they are. So, Kevin, just to tell you what goes on here, Kevin is the executive director of development at the Bridge House. And Grace House. Grace House, yeah. Yeah, so... 
All the derelicts. And, uh, including and, myself. Including yourself. You're a derelict as well. You have one of the greatest bios I've ever got oh, on the no. show, and I've got That's a lot of good bio. ones. Listen to this, guys. I'm going to read this. This is a country song right here. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Do you mind if I read this paragraph Go out ahead. verbatim as, I guess, whoever sent it to us? Kevin Gardere is the Executive Director of Development for Bridge House Grace House as well as a devoted husband, father, and friend. He was raised in Mary, Louisiana by his loving parents and four older siblings. Kevin graduated from DLSL High School with honors. It all sounds good, right? Yeah, it great. sounds like a like Kids a, fairy, a fairy tale. He began his career as a high school basketball coach and became the youngest athletic director in the state of Louisiana. Pretty amazing, right? Fantastic. So far, so good. He married in 1997 and welcomed his daughter Grace into the world in 1999, which I guess was a bit of a sort of a a uh, prescient moment, calling her Grace. Calling her Grace, yeah. Given that, but it, behind it, the scenes, Kevin was suffering from the disease of addiction. He eventually lost his wife, his daughter, and his job due to his addiction to drugs and alcohol. How about that for a second paragraph of a bio? I've never read, right. I've never read a second paragraph of a bio like that in my whole life, and I've been doing this for three weeks now. Three weeks. This job. That is, that is pretty amazing. That's Most people don't put that shit in their bio, by the way, right. just in case you were wondering about that. Yeah, we Did were you? just talking about it because I go out and speak to different groups, and anybody will listen to us because, you know, Right now, the heroin epidemic is touching everyone. Um, but I, when I go out and speak to different groups, I'm going to a uh, women's attorney association tomorrow for lunch. I, I keep that second paragraph out. You do? And then at the end, I tell them all about Bridge House, Grace House, and I say, I didn't just show up there by accident. Right. You know, I, I was a client. And kind of gives them that wild so factor. What were you addicted to? Pain pills and, and alcohol. So you were way ahead of the curve I was on the way pain ahead pills. Of the curve. Thing. I got I was in a car accident from drinking and driving, uh, right after I finished high school, slammed through a telephone pole and into someone's house and was where, pretty much gone. Where was that? In Metairie, the Kenner Metairie line. Oh, Kenner Metairie line, okay. Yeah, Canary. Right? <laughs> you went into someone's house in a car. Right. In a car. Fuck, that must have been interesting. What time of the day was that? It was kind of, you know, real early in the morning. They were at home asleep. One, one, one in the morning. I was coming back from uptown a night out. Fat Harry's? Fat Harry's was probably in the equation. Okay. TJ Quill and Bruno's <laughs> okay. definitely was uh, there and um, five blocks from my house. You know, I was, I was yeah, shit-faced. That's, that's, that's the fatal thing, apparently. People yeah. get close to home and they think they've got home. Exactly. And they chill out and then next thing you know, you're in if, someone else's living room. Right. In your car. Eating that coleslaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> Holy shit. So what happened? So you, were, you lost control of the vehicle. I fell asleep. I was you out, fell asleep. just shit-faced. And uh, woke up then the following day, you know, with a trach in and uh, realized I'd lost. They had to take out my spleen. I had a compound fracture in my left femur, eventually took out my left kidney, was in the hospital for like two months, and uh, mostly in ICU. And that's when I got addicted to the opioids. Things uh, went bad enough. Things went now bad enough. Now you're getting addicted. Instead of that I being guess. an eye-opening experience, you know, uh, was having some, you know, my family was having some problems, and, you know, I was drinking way too much. What, but year, what year in your life? How old were you? I was 18. So you hadn't even gotten married or gone to school oh, no, or no, no. anything? Nothing. And you were already addicted to pain pills. Correct. So the accident happened in July 28, 1988, and I got out the hospital. I, was, I think it was October. 
right. August, September. Yeah, it was almost, it was almost October when and I got What happened up. to your leg? I see you have a limp to this day still. Oh, I have a prosthetic leg. It's not a real leg. Not a real leg. So uh, they chopped your leg off? And they chopped it off in 2006. Okay. I had like limb salvage then. Jeez, look at Jason's face. <laughs> Right. He thinks he's, he's like, heard oh, everything. This he's is like, a this is a country song. No, it's yeah. just, it's a... Uh, yeah. Who would know that from looking at you across the street? You right. know what I mean? That's a... Uh, there's got to be a country, crazy. There's got to be a country song in this. Yeah, right? now we've got to do it. Yeah, we'll have to sit down. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what could you call it? What happened to my left leg? Right? Is it the left one or the right? It's the left. Oh, okay. Above the knee. Still got the right one, one leg. leg. Right? So. so you got one good leg. <laughs> one good leg. A leg to stand on. Sorry, one good leg to just stand one on. Leg. So what's the other one made of? I don't know. What, like, is it titanium type stuff oh, the, or wooden? Or? Oh, it's titanium. It's a $40,000 piece of equipment. It's, it's not real, is it? No. 40000 It's got a microprocessor chip in it. Does Carbon it? fire makes up the size. Are you yeah. making this up? No. It's I true. Mean, I could you can show take you. it off and show us. Yeah, sure. Right. I, I'm not going to take it off. Oh, off. okay. Well, you could, but Casey's already seen seat it. Seat warmer. Let's, ha let's have right. a look. You got a seat warmer. Oh, I see it. See what you can do. Oh, this. Oh, yes. Like her, Everyone, thank you. Bionic yoga. Holy shit, that is fancy. So it moves around. Can you control it by you do. thinking? Not by thinking. But they do have... Uh, they do have bionic legs now for single amputees like myself, where you would, you put a, it's almost like an ankle bracelet on, and it imitates right. your gait of your real leg, and it moves from, for you. From, ner from, ner from your nerves and your... It's not really from the nerves, it's, it's it from? from the motion of the way you're walking. Okay. So they are, it's they like do gyroscopic have, or something? So how does this work? This is just a hinge? On the this ankle one? and the... No, it's got uh, like the little hydraulic things to go back and forth. So they have like 12 different settings. So depending on the amount of pressure I put on my heel. Okay. And then once I turn it over to my foot, transfer it to my toes, I should say, then I know when the leg will start giving. And then like when I sit down, instead of just flopping down, it, they can increase the resistance of that. And who's they? Who does it? Uh, this is Otterbach. Well, I go to a prosthetist. Uh, prosthetist. Yeah, say that. No, I can't that's say no, that. That's, 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 that's so Watch your mouth. That's right. Right. so illegal. Can't even can say you, that can in the bar. Can you say it again? Pro <laughs> prosthetist. I can't spell it. That's for sure. I, can't, I can't say it. Yeah. It starts with a P. And Andrew's kind of involved in this because he's in the healthcare business. A little as, bit, yeah. As well. Yeah, yeah. So your business is involved with trying to get people like Kevin proper help, I assume. That is correct, yeah. Can you tell, it's called Starling? Yeah, we, our firm is called Starling Advisors, but that's not what's important. What's important is what's that important? we... Well, we work with the federally qualified health centers all over the country, and our job is to make sure that people have access to health care when they want it. So we don't necessarily deal with folks that are as far along as you, you were, you know, in terms of having an acute need of of needing surgery and ICU right. and then and then addiction treatment. Well, that's just how it started out. We've got no, a long no, no, way no. to go. Well, <laughs> you know, our our focus is really more on primary care. And and how do we make sure that everybody has access to care so that if they see themselves kind of slipping down that slope, they have a place that they well, can go. What do you go. actually do? What do I actually do? Yeah. The closest I could come up with is um, I'm a lobbyist, but uh, we that don't. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. No one likes right. to hear Can that. Can we strike? The, how much does it cost to strike that? That's 25, 25 bucks, bucks to get the word lobbyist. <laughs> lobbyist. <laughs> but we're not money low, so we don't hand money out. We don't do that. What, what we tend to do, 
So we, we represent federally qualified health centers, and we try to help okay, them. Okay, so wait, wait up. What is a federally okay. qualified health let's, center? Let's start oh, Let's there. see if anyone knows. Do you know? happen to know what that is, Kevin? Jason doesn't have a clue. I would think we are one, because we do have to get accredited at Bridge House. Bridge House, House is a federally qualified health center. Yes. I don't think you oh, no, are, but well, you're a, you are an accredited program. Uh, yes. Sorry. But we talked about Crescent Care. Yes. That's a, that is Crescent one of the federally qualified health okay, centers Okay, so what's the here. definition of a federally qualified health center? So a federally qualified health center is a primary care facility that agrees oh. to treat people regardless of their ability to pay. Okay, so someone who is a doctor who will actually take someone who doesn't have to and pay And then them they like have to put Medicaid. a whole bunch of stuff in place and then right. they apply for a grant. Isn't that called Medicaid? Uh, no, well, they take no. Medicaid. So they'll serve the Medicaid population and they'll serve the uninsured population. So what kind of a doctor will see you even if you can't pay it? Right. Well, I would uh, like to meet that guy. Well, the, I think you should go check out one of the. Fe we have some fabulous yeah, go federally care. go, go to Crescent, Crescent Care. care. There's, there's a number of them totally. here. Like, well, Crescent what? Care, especially, is just now. Doing now, listen. Great it's Where not that they'll treat you if you're not willing to pay. Right. It's they they'll treat you if you don't have the means. To, no matter what your means are. That's so. Okay. And, and they're they're one of America's kind of hidden secrets. I wish more I'll, people knew about I'll say them. That's very hidden. Jason, well, would I, you I agree? think everybody should know about that. Everybody should know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of Have you ever heard that before? No, I have Me not. Either. And you're a starving no. musician. Well, not starving. I'm not exactly. starving. But, you know. <laughs> they do there's have a, burgers here. You buying? Yeah. There's, a whole, there's a whole musician's clinic. Yeah. For people yeah. who, musicians yeah. I'm, who don't I'm have actually, I'm, I actually go to the musician's clinic myself yeah. when I have to. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And the reason yeah, you go yeah, to it is place. because musicians don't make a whole lot of money we in this town. We don't make a whole lot of money. That's right. And so, so they need to look after. But you could actually go to Crescent Care and get seen for nothing. I didn't say that. Yes, you did, actually. No, I said they, they will see you did, regardless did he say of your that? ability. Like he say? insinuated it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if we roll back so this recording. One of the cornerstones of the federally qualified health center movement is, is that they're required to set up a sliding fee scale. Okay. So depending on how much money you make, they set their fees accordingly. Okay, so how, how would they know how much money? I come in and... They I'm, ask you. I've come in and I've got one leg. And my other leg is in bad shape. Well, they would say that leg they costs forty thousand dollars. You must have got that from. Where did you get forty thousand dollars to get? Well, that leg? now insurance will cover the majority of it. Yeah. It used to be like twenty-five thousand a limb. Really? Not lying. Yeah, in yeah. '06, when I first had to have it amputated, but now it's it's usually the minimum they have to require. Most of insurance, or well, probably all insurance companies nationally, is fifty thousand. Fifty thousand a limb. A, a limb. So there's no real restrictions on like when it gives out. The, the one I have usually, usually lasts like four to five years. Mm -hmm. And then the top part, the socket, you got to get changed maybe every two years just because okay. the tissue and the muscle I have left is always atrophy. And, I noticed uh, you stopped that. You, you was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was like this. But you stopped. But he so, was going other way. So the top of the leg, what's the, that called officially? Is it? The socket, they call it. That's the top of the actual yeah. prosthetic. What's yep. the bit of your remaining leg called? A residual limb. That's a residual limb. I call it my stone. That's you, what I was going to say. You, I, would have I don't want to use the word stone. stump. I thought there might have been a better word there. I'm going to write yeah, down. But residual limb sounds better, doesn't that's it? That's a good yeah, name. Yeah, but the national qualifier. That's a good name for a band. <laughs> yeah, that's a good You're name right. for a band. <laughs> residual <laughs> limb. What about calling your band that, Chase? Yeah, yeah. that could be the song. That could be the residual limb. There's another band called $2 Pistols. Oh, is there? Yeah. You never heard I think there's those a few people? of them. Is there? Yeah. I was looking for you on, on Spotify, and I thought, boy, this guy's got a lot of records out. Then I find it. Yeah, it wasn't me. It's not some other No, band. no, no. You really don't no. know about that? Are you serious? I No, I do know. Okay. Uh, there, was, there were a few of them, but there's nobody, no one around here. I, only, I basically just use that locally. Okay. Uh, you know, because usually when you, uh, you have, you know, who's, what's the name of your band? And 
I just come up with something. Yeah, I just threw that out there well, one day. Well, it's a good time to have so. a band named after a handgun, because handguns are in the news big time. Yeah. Well, if you call the AR-15s, yeah, it's a great, yeah, if you sure, call it's it a great AR-15s, you might be able. To well, actually, the two-dollar the two-dollar pistol is a quote from a song. Oh, okay, what song? Is it? uh, it's a country song. That's right. <laughs> It's a it's a, a, a George Jones song called the Cor the Corvette. Oh. Do you got, happen to know that one, anybody? Andrew, you've I heard do that? Know. I don't you know it. it. Kevin, do you uh, know it? Ash knows it. I know it. Ash is he says Ash can sing along. No. Hey, what is it? The tagline the tagline. See everyone's been drinking on this show. Except me. Soda water, thank you. Good man. Well Kevin doesn't drink anything. 16 years. Uh, I'm the only well, one. 16 years? 16 years clean. One. I got you beat. <laughs> 49. 49, 49 I never started. Get out. <laughs> you're 49 years old and you're in the music business and you never had a drink. That's amazing. No, no. I've had a drink. Okay. I just choose not to. Okay. So, yeah, I don't. But anyway, back to the well, two-dollar pistol. Thing. If you've had a drink, then you can't be clean and sober for forty-nine years. I think they have okay, to start well, again. Lied. He lied. Yeah. Is that right? Is that the definition of it, Kevin? What is the definition? Yeah. Well, the definition is. I mean, in, in the recovery community, if you have been sober for sixteen years, you're basically saying that you haven't had a drink or drug in the last sixteen. Years. But you have to be an alcoholic to. An alcoholic or a drug or addict. A drug yeah. Well, if, if you're, you're not, not one, if you're just not, a guy who doesn't never drink. Never been there, dude. Right. right. So you can have a drink and not care about. it. Yeah. You no, have one. I, I don't. You have one every four. So you just choose not to drink ever. Christmas. Really? Yeah, Christmas. What I might you? have some of that eggnog. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> shit. Why would you have that? Well, I don't know. Because you're <laughs> saving yourself. Why would it's you have... A, it's a social drink, whiskey. Man. You know that. Eggnog. I hate it. But it's they have that little Philadelphia a, eggnog that comes already really? juiced up. <laughs> it's used a, to buy right. that by the gallon. Just freaking right. slam it. Did you? It was good stuff. It's a social drink, man. Do you miss drinking, Kevin? I don't. There are times, I mean, there are people who tell you, like, the, the obsession of drinking has, has uh, left me. But there are days that I think, yeah, a drink would be nice right now. Right. You know, certain type of food. What kind of days out there when you have, like, pasta or something? You like when a you have, well, wine? from New Orleans, if you eat crawfish, you, right. like, you like a beer. Yeah, you know? for uh, sure. What about non-alcoholic beer? Is that... No. No good. You're not really, but most of the non-alcoholic beer really has be some alcohol content. So you can't have that. No, oh, can't sure. have that. You could have Dixie. That's back. That doesn't really have Ooh, any beer. That, <laughs> I'd lose my other kids. I hope they're not sponsored. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, nah, yeah. Oh, they should be. Or you could move to Oklahoma. Right. Yeah. It's what? only three two. So. Oh really? Yeah. What, what does that mean? The three point two. Three point two. That yeah. That's and, it. And it's been like that forever, and it's still like the whole that. state only allows three point two percent alcohol per volume for in a, beer. For beer, and how much is Budweiser? That's about five like seven. Five, yeah. Is it really? Mm -hmm. So and then the IPA is like nine or something. Mm -hmm. Easy. So yeah. where do you that get that triple X stuff? Is like eleven. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The see, most that was enough. See, you know a lot about booze for a guy who doesn't drink it. Well, I'm in bars <laughs> all the time, man. Good point. So, so how does yeah. Oklahoma get alcohol to be brewed at three point two percent? So. All these breweries have to make special booze. Yep. Uh, yeah, they would have to do, do it just yeah, for the yeah, state. Yeah, what do they call that? They, there's a name for that because they do that in Utah too. Crazy. They well, do there's, that a, in there's a different alcohol well. content in Utah. Yeah, because uh, well, because of the Mormons. Yeah. Right. 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 What yeah. the Mormon religion has got an alcohol content level? <laughs> you can only have so much alcohol in front of you when you're in Utah. So when you land at the Salt Lake City Airport and you go to a bar <coughs> and you say, "Hey, I'd like a drink." 
what do you want, a shot and a beer? They say you can only have one or the other. No fucking way. Are you serious? You only have... <laughs> I don't know about you, Utah Airport. Is this I don't true? Drink, so I wouldn't know. This is 100%. You can only have one drink in front of you at, at one Why time. Why would I make this up in front of three strangers? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's true. true. Grant, I can weigh yeah, in yeah. on this. Yes. The, in all Thomas. three of those states that you mentioned, Utah, yeah. Colorado, and Oklahoma, uh, you can buy alcohol that is above 3.2 levels, but you have to buy them at a state-sanctioned facility. Wow. And it, and it can't be chilled. Oh, the, Are you that, serious? That's right. Yeah, you can, that's you right. cannot leave with be cold, cold beer. There's state rules about temperature. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if it's cold, like, what are the obviously you're going to drink, drink it when you get in the car. You're going to drink it in the car, yeah. <laughs> okay, so these legislators in where are we talking about? Oklahoma, Utah, and where's the third place? Where was it there? Colorado. 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 Yeah. You think they have more things to do? I didn't think Colorado would have any kind of... Well, Colorado's got legalized now. Well, yeah, they have to eat... Yeah, but you can't get drunk. You're not allowed to have a chill drink over 3.2%. Well, you really can't. something You just today. can't buy it at a store and <laughs> yeah. drink it in a vehicle. You have to buy it at a federally mandated place. Maybe they sell the same place as they... At a, a package, mandated yeah, no, 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 no. Let's not conflate those two things. Yeah. <laughs> you, you that have would to buy be a, a package liquor store <laughs> no. or package place and just sell. And it, there, there's no coolers in there. You bring it out hot. You take it home. Then you, then you, then you cool. cool. Then you cool it off. Then you drink it. Right. Wow. I never knew any of this. Isn't that so, cool? That's just crazy. Are you more Oklahoma? Well, I'm really more interested in the Utah idea, <laughs> though, which is which says you can only have one nope drink. Of, that is really sort of also in Utah. You intrusive. have to buy beer by the bottle. You can't buy like a 12 pack. They sell you 12 individual beers. Oh, you can't it's, buy. It's, it's can't true. Buy I swear case. to God, like you have to Are buy like 12 individual beers, but and they mark it up 12. at like a dollar 29 a piece. You see, I would have never been an alcoholic if I grown up there. Yeah, you see, yeah. you're in the wrong state. Right. Did That's you have funny. A, Did you have a fake ID when you were? When I was fourteen. Like yeah, <laughs> so. I was. The, I was the youngest of five. I really did. Do you honestly think that? No, no. If you was, lived somewhere else, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm no, being serious. No, I honestly think I'd still been alcoholic. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, if you're an alcoholic, you can still drink it at room temperature. It doesn't really matter, does it? Probably. Oh no, it doesn't. Right, matter. but you stick red wine in the shed and you're drinking it out of that. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you get back to where you're drinking by yourself. That's how it was for me and for plenty of alcoholics. Yeah, well, that's and the you best kind of drinking, really. Straight out the bottle. then you're not sharing it with anyone. Right. Well, of course, you know people that, you know, I'm, I'm in the entertainment industry, so when, when you meet tourists that come in for the first time, never been here before, they lose their mind when right. they find out that they sure. can, we yeah, can yeah. take this outside? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, to drive through daiquiris. <laughs> yeah. Well, that explain that somebody in Utah. They honestly think that's yeah. just like the most bizarre thing They on like the you la- laugh at us. Well, it is weird. It I is. Say, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. You, can buy, you can buy an open alcohol container at a drive through Just as long as and you don't put a straw, straw in it, in it. it's yeah. legal. Yeah, the straw has to have the wrapper on it, right? If you get pulled over? No, to just when the it's daiquiri, salty. when they give it to yeah. you now. But you're not Close allowed container, to. Yeah. yeah. But if you get pulled over by a cop, actually, what is the deal with the with the with the open daiquiri? It's not supposed to have a straw in it, as long as the straw is not in it when you're pulled over. Syrup. Yeah, they put, they put tape on the top of it, so you can't break the tape. Really? Oh, really? That's like, what yeah. goes on now. It's a closed container. Okay. Everyone's breaking that tape, that. though. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> breaking the tape. <laughs> but do you get if you get pulled over, you're going to get arrested for that here? In Louisiana? I'd take a look. No, that's why it. you ask for a second straw at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> so you show them the one that's the last, right? Oh, you just take the top off the thing. 
Yeah. You learn, we, and you keep the tape on. The, learning okay. things today. Okay, got it this is, this has been the, very educational. <laughs> okay, Residual Limbs. That's the name of the new band. <laughs> yes. What was the song we were going to get you to play just before? And then we never got to it. We didn't you ask know, him, but... We, oh, we were talking about this $2 pistol. Oh, the $2 yeah, pistol, the George Jones song. How, does, just, um, how does that... What, what line don't, is that? I don't, you don't know actually that song? Know, know the song, okay. but part of it says... Uh, and he sings it really low. You know, the, I don't know if you're familiar with George Jones at all, so... Oh, I know uh, his name more than anything. It's like Moses. Yeah. You know, you sort of in, know Moses' name, but... Uh, in, 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 and now that you say that, in the, in, in the traditional was. country music... Genre, he is. I would say he's, he's Moses. Moses. Yeah, wow. basically. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've been thinking. Well, but you've written a great song talking about alcohol, called Alcohol Today. Right. Which has some of the greatest lines. I'm not going to blow it by quoting the lines in it, but can, are you prepared to? Can you say sing that song for us? Actually, I wasn't prepared to do that. You don't one. want to do that one? No, that's actually a, a song. It's not mine. I did not write that. Who wrote that? Uh, a guy by the name of Mike Hankins out of Nashville. Okay, then we can totally talk about the lyrics then. I thought you wrote that. No, I did not. Uh, no. Okay. Funny story. Now, I posted it on my Reverb Nation. Right, that's right. Um, it, it's a really, really great song. Mike had called uh, a friend of ours, Adam Haynes, who works on, he, he plays on Bourbon Street. Uh, he's, a, he's a local uh, producer, and he has a studio in, uh, in Algiers, and I got a call from him one day, and he says, hey, man, can you come over? Uh, I'm doing this country project. Can you come over here and, and just sing this song? I was like, yeah. So I went over there, did four or five takes, and that was it. And Mike Hankins actually called me. He's like, man, can you do that again? I was like, yeah, sure. So they redid it. He took it. They actually took it to Nashville and reproduced it, and he sent me the finished product. Okay. I've only sang that song one time. And that was it? Yeah, that was that yeah. one? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it's got these great lyrics in it. Yeah. It's a song about a guy who's had his, discovered that his, yeah, his, wife's his wife cheating, cheating on him, him with somebody while he was church. at work. You know, yeah, yeah. A guy that they went to church with yeah. while he was you know, working and the second this, shift. And it's got this great verse in it that says, I guess I could have shot her and pleaded insanity, but the truth is she ain't worth the bullet that right now yeah. I'm saving for me. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. I think that's a great... Yeah, Mike did country. a great job on that yeah, song. Yeah, it's a man, great piece so. of writing. So what sort of stuff do you write for yourself? Um, actually, I'm, I'm in a studio as we speak, not All as right. we... I well, would be not, there now. Right. This is, you would um, be there right if you went wasting your time. We're currently in the studio doing, uh, doing my CD, my first CD. I've been on tons and tons of other people's. Right. As, this is your first one in 49 years. What's it going to be called? Well, it's so we my can... first solo. So right. What's yeah. it going to be called? Do you know yet? Uh, no, I think I'm just going to be self-titled. It's just going to be okay. Jason, Jason Bishop. Bishop. Okay. So, at this point. Okay. So. Well, you want to play something that you're sure, recording, man. putting on that? I, yeah. Okay. Um, is, is this coming through? Yeah, you could. Is that better? What's it called? The song? The song is called The Mountain of Fire. Actually, um, you would, I think you might be able like, to relate to this a yeah. little bit. Um, the, the, uh, the, ge the gentleman who was, uh, you know, or the co the co-writer of the song, who passed away. His name was Gary Hurstis. Hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but uh, sure. one of the best songwriters I've ever come across in my life. He was a really good friend of mine, and uh, you guys kind of had the same. You guys have had uh, same story. Kind of. Kind. You know, yeah. He didn't lose his leg, but uh, he's a wannabe. Hey, well, not anymore. Residual limb, wannabe. Yeah. Residual limb, wannabe. No, not anymore. Well, I mean, okay, uh, you know, he, um, 
What is his name again? Gary Herstis. Gary Herstis. Have you ever been to a Saints game? Yes. And you see the little band that comes around? Right. And they play the little songs. Yeah. So there's a little, there was a little short, gray-haired little man that played trumpet. That yeah. was his dad. Get out. Yeah, he did that for years. Every I know. Saints game, he was there. I've been going so, to Saints games so. since like 78. <laughs> well, you know, he, 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 he struggled with, with some addictions and stuff like that. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, this one's called A Mountain of Fire. And, my, and we may just decide to do the title as the Mountain of Fire. Might be cool, the album Mountain of Fire. Okay. Yeah, we may. I don't know. I came down from that mountain of fire. I've seen things that I cannot speak of. I've got scars that won't heal from the way I live on that mountain of fire. You said you lived across the water. You stayed dry, but somehow you turned cold. It must have hurt to know I was alive on that mountain of fire. Mountain of fire, river of blood. Running through our veins, but there's no love. It must have hurt to know I was alive on that mountain of fire. You said you lived across the water. You stayed dry, but somehow you turned cold. It must have hurt to know I was alive on that mountain of fire. Mountain of fire, river of blood. Running through our veins, but there's no love. It must have hurt to know I was alive on that mountain of fire. On that mountain of fire. On that mountain of fire. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. Mountain of Fire off the album called Mountain of Fire. We'll, be able, we'll be able to steal that off of Spotify and yeah, everything eventually. Man, you will, as soon <laughs> okay. as we get done with it. Like, right. so we're, we're, so we're, half, we're halfway through with it. Why so. would you make a CD anymore, given that you know everyone's going to steal it immediately? <laughs> What's the logic these days? Oh, you mean of actually having a physical yeah, CD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's a good idea to have merch with you when you go places. That's basically it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know. So people, will, because they hear you and they like you and they want to give you something. Yeah, and, so. you, and you can actually, you know, when, when you're in a position where you don't, uh, you can just hand these things to people. Right. You, you, right. Could, you know. It's like a calling card. Yeah, basically. And, it, and it's a lot easier, to, you know, to write, you know, oh, here's my card. A lot of people just right. stick them in their pocket and forget about them. Does anybody still have a CD player? Andrew, do you have a CD player? I, I have, in, in my truck, yeah. Truck. I, have, I have one in my Thomas truck has, also. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're halfway Cheryl's there, man. Up. You got a truck. I have a truck. I have a truck. I don't have a dog, though. <laughs> Neither do I. No, well. Because you got, you got to feed them. That's why. Yeah. Hey, you want to play a little song in the background here? Let's just some instrumental thing while I do these uh, commercial messages. Sure. Just to get us through, because we're halfway through the show here. So I have to tell you that today's show is brought to us by Basics Swimming Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. You can get yourself a bikini, a one-piece, a cover-up. Everything you need for the beach or poolside is at Basics Swimming Gym. It's right next door to the lingerie store, Basics Underneath. On Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue, and thanks to the Hangover Destroyer. 
Now this is a good one. The only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you go to the Hangover Destroyer website, it's hdestroyer.com, and you write the words happy hour on the coupon code, you'll get 30% off of your first order of Hangover Destroyer, so you too can seize the dawn. If you'd had that, life would have been a lot different for you, I think, Kevin. wonder what you'd be doing. What would you be doing if you didn't end up being an alcoholic? We'll get to that in a minute. Also, thank you to Louisiana Legs, who make workout and yoga clothes with designs that incorporate photographic art, like Mardi Gras beads, boiled crawfish, wrought iron in France and caves. In China, you can find Louisiana Legs on Facebook and Instagram, and you can buy Louisiana Legs on Etsy. Check them out. It's Louisiana Legs, and that's who's basically responsible for paying for this whole thing. Thanks, Jason Bishop in the background there from Jason Bishop and the Two Dollar Pistols. And this new band is going to be called Residual Limb Wannabe. Yeah. Well, should we leave the wannabe you, off of it? How, how do you even say that? Residual Limbs. Say it fast. Yeah. Jason Bishop no. and the Residual Limbs. Wannabes. Wannabes. Yeah. Didn't you say that? Res residual <laughs> Limb Wannabes? That was my initial title, but I think I might take the wannabes off, do you think? Who, residual. I get that. That makes sense. I mean, we got to put prosthesis in there. We can't, we can't spell that. That's difficult for social media. Prostasis. Prostasis. Is that right? Prostasis. Prostasis. Say it really slow. It's not a cyst, it's a fist. It's a prosthesis. Prosthesis. It's a prosthesis. It's called a prosthetic. It's a person who makes the prosthetic. prosthetic is a prosthesis. Test. Test. That's right. Yeah. Not prostitutes. <laughs> Easy. Do you know the correct pronunciation of this, Kevin? No. Well, C Rock's going to have to figure it out for us. It's very, very. How do you get to be a prostitute? What kind of a job is that? They're schooling for it. I mean, it's. So, what do you think, seriously, though, what would you think you would have done if you didn't end up being an alcoholic and drug addict hmm. and you'd led a straight ahead life? You'd gone on from the. If the we, we'll read the first paragraph again. You'd been an athletic d director. Oh, yeah. You were, so you'd still I loved coaching kids, still do basketball that. still. Uh, but, you know, maybe going into sales, insurance, those, all my insurance buddies make shitload of money. <laughs> right. Or uh, I don't know. But their legs are worth nothing. What's that? Their legs are worth nothing. Exactly. Where yours is worth right. 40,000 right. bucks. Right. So, you know, there is that. I've never it's, owned a car that was... <laughs> That's right, mine's not worth that either. Well, what's your legs worth 50 now if you lose the other one? The insurance company will pay up to $50,000 for the next one. Right. So I guess you're. So tell us a little bit about opioid addiction. You know something about this too, I guess. I do, yeah, right? Yeah. So how, where do you come from the opioid addiction? From <clears throat> we, so one of the big areas that we focus on is the essentially the root of opioid addiction, and I, I mean you nailed it. It's it's mostly coming out of the facilities that people spend time in, and so what one of the things that our health centers try to do is is create an alternative. Now your situation is different. You needed to be in the ICU, right? But we deal with a lot of folks, and you know who who end up in emergency rooms, and and they don't have the the capability, if you will, to treat people for the kind of conditions that they need to be treated for. So opioids come into play. You show up with dental pain. Well, guess what? We're going to give you something that's going to fix that for the night. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with that. That's why they invent these things. Well, sure, I suppose. All right? Wouldn't you say? Well, ten well, that's why they were invented, but then they. The doctors really weren't, uh, didn't know how addictive they were, and right. they did not come out and say how addictive they were. Right. 
Uh, what are the names of these opioids well, that we like, talk about? So? Back then, the pills were Percodan, Vicodin, yep. Tylenol okay. 3 with codeine, then it came to Roxycontin, then, yeah. then Oxycontin was like a long time release pill. Right. But what you is know, it today? Today, it's it's heroin and synthetic fentanyl and synthetic car fentanyl. Yeah, yeah. Because the pills now, so doctors are, in our eyes, have become a lot more hesitant to prescribe pain medication. There was also pain clinics that you could walk into with, I could have your x-rays, and they would give me the, the holy trinity, which was Oxycontin, Soma, which is muscle relaxer, and Xanax. So those three things you basically got like a month supply of for each of those. Where, where would I get these bogus x-rays from if I... <laughs> you could probably buy one stand in line and at those yeah, places. At yeah, those places, it was crazy. Sure. Yeah. But those are like, like you get to like the, like the outside pain management, wink, wink. You know. That's, well, I mean, they were pretty open about it. These were like doctors who had retired going to work in for pain management. Don't they have like separate places that consider themselves just pain management? Yes. And that's where a lot of that started. But now, I mean, there's legitimate pain management now. Sure. So, but like, but from I mean, like 2002 to 2009, say, it was like, they went, these, these little pop-up pain clinics were everywhere. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So right. they put a moratorium on those and it, they really don't have those anymore. So that, along with like some of the guys that are coming in, like you said, I was ahead of my time. I was getting Demerol. IV push every three hours when I was in the hospital, that's like shooting up every three hours, basically, but not enough to kill me. So so now that the pills are so much more expensive on the street, like Vicodin, Percodin might cost you $10 a pill. Okay. Where you could buy a bag of heroin for 20 bucks right now. It's a little bit more powerful than two Percodin, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or two Vicodin. Yeah, but where would I get that from? I can get the Percodin or whatever, the Vicodin from the doctor, but where do I get the heroin from? Does everyone know someone? If I want to find it, I can find it. Wherever you are in New Orleans, I say you're two blocks from a heroin deal. <laughs> that's that's that right? true. No, that's true. I mean, that's not that. I, you, you know, you said it a little bit joking, but that's no, it's, that's true. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's everywhere. And it's, it's so accessible. So I'm 47. So when I was growing up, you could probably walk into any bar and find someone who could get you a joint. Uh, right. Today, there's a lot of places you could walk into and find someone who could get you heroin. And then there's this... Let's sitting, have a look around. Let's look. <laughs> <laughs> table two. Yeah, okay. Hey. Uh, looks like I like the cat. That's no. interesting. I didn't actually know. C-Rock, have you got something to say? Yeah, I've got some freaky numbers here. Uh, in 2010, there were 308 million people in the United States and then in 2010, there were 251 million opioid prescriptions given out that year. Right. So that's I, believe, like, I believe in Louisiana, you would know this, Andrew. Is this true? There's, there are more prescriptions for painkillers than there are people. I believe that. And, and I mean, that's the definition of an epidemic, right? Like, right. we've gotten to the point where that's, that's something we need to be talking about at a, at a major level. Right. So, Jason, do you know anyone who's hooked on... Do I know okay. anybody? Yeah. Well, I have known people, yeah. Do you know anyone right now? Though? No. Um, Andrew, you probably do because you're in the... Personally and, and through my professional work, yeah. But you know personally, too. I do know personally. Okay. Per- people who are personally Kevin, do you addicted, know personally yeah. anyone who's personally, not just professional, through yeah. Bridge House, but... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so everyone knows someone. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's such that everyone... I mean, New Orleans was considered the murder capital world for, for some time, and in 2016... There were more overdose deaths in New Orleans, in Orleans Parish, than there were murders. That's right. Hmm. 
Yeah. Un- unintentional overdose deaths. Uh, uh, yeah, 99%, well, what we think, 99% we of the, the overdoses that lead to death are accidental in our eyes. Is that right? 99%? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's no written down, but just people we right. know. And so most people aren't intentionally killing themselves. They're not trying to kill themselves. They're trying no. to get loaded. Yeah. Oh, right. So, you and, know, and, the people that I've known, they're not here anymore. Right. So, that's and, fair. and yeah. that's usually, and the people that I have known that have been on it, that's the reason they're not here. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. not, you know, I don't currently know anybody at this point. If you're, no, f- so. for, if you're 50 years or younger, the leading cause of death in the United States is, is overdoses right now. 50 years or younger. The leading cause of death in the United States, if you're under 50, is, is an overdose, overdose of, which majority of are opioids, which could be, and you this know, is heroin. A rec- but this is mostly people taking them for recreational purposes. Well, it's, it could start out that way, you know, and then if you, you know, if but I mean, you, they're not people who are hooked on them because they've been to the hospital like you did. Some no, of them are. That's a lot of it. Yeah, it, a lot of a lot of it stems We've from had people like, who get hooked on it from from medical treatment, and right. it's you know, that's that's a Work, big part of the problem. Comp. Workman's comp. So the whole workman's comp system is about getting you back to work, right? Right. So exactly. how do you do that? You treat yeah, the, pain, the pain, not not the problem. So. Because I've known a few guys that have you know been on the pill thing, that they I mean they actually got through it, but yeah, it took yeah. so long. Yeah. Right. Uh, they had such a struggle to get through it because, whenever it was time for when they got released to go back to work, it was like, oh okay, you're, you can't have this anymore, and right. it wasn't it wasn't a gradual right. thing. No, they right. just said, all right, right, right. You're, good. you're done. So what happens? Yeah. These guys, these guys are in, they're in pain. They have to do something about it. So, so this you know. whole epidemic, this nationwide epidemic that yep. we're suffering from, which is this about, it's all about pain. It's all about the relief of pain. So there's obviously a huge market to relieve pain. Sure. And relieving pain is not such a bad thing to do, right? We're all, we're all kind of looking at each other. Right. Like, yeah. Well, it's, no, relieving pain is not a bad thing. And, and not all of the people came through like I did or had an injury. Right, not everybody I mean, it, who has for a me, drink in their hand is an alcoholic. For me, eventually, was, I was like, I don't know if there was pain or not. I was, I was right. using it. In my eyes, once you're hooked, you're hooked. And there's no... But, I mean, we can't make these things illegal because they actually have a medical function. We... We, we and even probably, if you do make it illegal, heroin is a legal big deal. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing now. So, yeah, illegal okay. drugs are cheaper than the ones okay. that are legal. Yeah. So what is the solution here? Which makes no sense. Right. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Right. It does make no sense, doesn't so it? So we need a lot more prevention. We need a lot more money. I mean, we could double our capacity more. for males right now. Which we, for what? For the males of Bridge House. So Bridge House is the okay. men's program. Women's is so Bridge you, House. So you're taking care of people at the... That have lost everything. Yeah. There's nothing we left to go. We got to start catching them up river. So right. we need more prevention. Right. But right now, for the people that are hooked, you know, this is this is one of my. I'm gonna get on top of the dome and start going crazy, and yelling. <laughs> but right now in New Orleans, besides Odyssey House, which is a similar organization, they have medically assisted detox, and you pretty much need to go through a medical detox in a hospital type setting. If you're on opiates, heroin, especially in fentanyl, right. Check, like when I went through alcohol and opiates are the two. Alpo- alcohol withdrawals could kill you, so it's pretty dangerous. So when I went through, and I was on pills and alcohol, Charity Hospital had 45 detox beds. Right now, the city of New Orleans has zero. It's unbelievable. And heroin is killing young adults every day in our community, every freaking day. You know, and it's like. 
There's a lot of people that want help. My phone doesn't stop ringing, and it's not like, hey, okay, Kevin. Well, there's a fair chance that someone's listening to this who, who needs help. No doubt. Okay, so, doubt yeah. so where do they go? So that's what, like, well, you tell them, just call us first. They're, you know, they're the first stop. Call, yeah. call, call us, and we'll, you know, but not you everybody. I think that Bridge House is just what you said, is a place where you go if you've already lost everything. Right. But, I mean, we don't, there are people who call us or friends or, or friends of staff members that might not be, they might not need us, but, you know, we don't, we don't, sh- we don't hang up the phone and we don't close the door. It's like, you come into Bridge House, whether you're Medicaid eligible or not, and you say you have a problem with alcohol or drugs, we're going to help you. We'll figure okay. out the rest later. How, if you could get paid for, you know. You say you have a problem with alcohol or drugs. We have a bad you're getting in. Okay. And, that's, and where is Bridge House now? So is it on, still on Camp Street down there? We still do rent that property on Camp Street, but it's just the, the house right there. Um, they have 45 beds for women of Grace House now. Okay. We built a new facility. We moved all the men into the new facility at 4150 Earhart. It's on the corner of Earhart, South Dupree, right behind Restaurant Depot. So right. we have 84 beds there for men. And then we have another location of Grace House, kind of by Toro Hospital, has 25 beds. So we have 70 beds for women which is close to meeting the need in our community. And when you so, say beds, I mean you're talking about actual beds. Beds. And what happens to people when they're not asleep? What are these people doing? Well, it's, it's very structured. You know, like, for instance... When so you, this is a resi- resident? This is a it's residence. resident. You, you live in there, stay in there okay. 24-7, and the further along you get, the more freedom you get. Okay. You know, so, so they wake up at 6 in the morning, they eat breakfast at 6.30, they have a thought for the day, a meditation for the day that they read as a group and they discuss it. What is it today? I don't know. Uh-huh. See, right? You could have made that up. You could have used yesterday, so you would have known. Right. <laughs> what was yesterday? Actually, I, I don't attend the, the, the oh, morning you're not, meditation. You're not down on the weeds there. Like <laughs> no. So you're like the boss. Right. Okay. So, and then after that, they may have like a therapeutic duty to perform. And if they're in their first month of treatment, they're in a stabilization group and they go to the group, they'll have written and writing assignments. They eat lunch. And so these are people who no longer have a job. Correct. Obviously. So you're not... Nobody, yeah. they got nowhere to go. Yeah, nowhere to go, right. right. And then uh, after they're in our, what we call a stabilization phase, then they're, then they're put into our primary phase where they get a new substance abuse counselor. They also have a vocational rehabilitation counselor, and they'll also be assigned a job within our organization. They could be working okay. for me. They could be working at thrift stores. Because we know alcoholics and addicts, it's easy for us to get a job, but not necessarily to keep one. And that doesn't just change overnight because you stop using. So there's healthy habits you need to redevelop. It kind of lets the residents experience the daily stresses of the work environment while being up, right. while being able to practice the, the principles of recovery, the spiritual principles of recovery. And then after that, they they go through a work packet and. They go on work search. There's a lot of organizations that love hiring our people, you know, and give people Rouse's Supermarket, for example. I mean, they're probably the number one employer of our residents right now that are in that final phase, along with graduates of our program. Pinkberry uh, hires many women from Grace House. Taiwana, she's, she's told her story quite frequently, and she's one of their regional managers for the the people who own the pink berries in Louisiana and most of Mississippi. Wow. So you're doing some good work here. We are. You say? Save well, my you, butt. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, really, plus thousands. Of, last so, year we treated like 808 people. 808. So this runs all on donations. 
63% is donation. Like we were talking about. 63. 63. And what's the other uh, 37? Government support. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it used to be where. Federal government. Well, it's federal. It's all then funneled through the state, state right. block grant. Some of it through a Metropolitan Human Service District at the city, city level. So with the Medicaid expansion, we before we expanded as a state, it was like only 10% of the people that were coming to us would qualify. Uh, once John Bell Edwards took office and then Louisiana as a whole accepted Obamacare, we actually flipped. So now it's like, it's like 75, 80% of the people that we're seeing qualify for Medi Medicare. Okay. And then... What, what's in your pocket? That's what a are ticket. Bits of paper. Tickets, tickets for to something. A, a fashion show. Oh, are you giving them away? I, I was going to sell them at a... I got to go to a board meeting right after oh, this. okay. And you're having a fashion show? A, fa a recycled fashion show. Okay. What does that mean? Sundays. Featuring recycled fashion. So... So what we do is we have designers. Now, anyone could really be a designer that gets a $75 gift certificate to our thrift store. They then go and get items from our thrift store, not always clothing, material, ties, yoga mats, and make them into runway fashion. And each designer has two outfits. It's going to be okay. Sunday. Can, at can anyone enter this? Is that what you're saying? It's kind of too late to enter as a designer. If I had an idea for my old yoga mat, you mean? It's, I can, may be able to <laughs> pull a string. Maybe next year I could get in on that. <laughs> pull a string or two. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds pretty funny, actually. It's all, it's amazing what some of these people put can, together. Can yeah, we, and we, we can go to this thing, though. We can go. Where, these where tickets it? are, it's Sunday at Rock and Bowl from Sunday, 3 to 6. Sunday, the what date is that? 25th. Sunday. February the 25th. Yep. Okay, let me just make this absolutely clear. That's 2018. 2018. Sunday, February 25th, 2018. If you listen to this after Sunday, February the 25th, 2018, it's too late, but you can go and see what it looked like at the Bridge House Grace House website. I'm assuming there's going to yep. be photos up there. We have tons of events. Okay, but if we do make it in time, where is this thing? Rock and Bowl on Carrollton. It's Rock and Bowl. Okay. Right. It sounds pretty good, actually, doesn't it? That's, it does that's a great venue, it's, by the way. It is. And we'll it be is, able to buy a drink there. It is. We have drinks at just about every one of our events. You know, one of, one of the big so, things for me was, like, I needed to realize that I was an alcoholic and addict, and there's certain things I couldn't do to stay sober, and there's certain things I needed to do to stay sober. But step 1A for me was realizing all my college friends and high school friends were not alcoholics and right. addicts, a lot of them, you know. Right. And they can go out and drink, and they can go out and abuse alcohol. Yeah. But you're having a thing here at this Rock and Ball for all the Bridge House people who are in this residential recovery. To raise money for the, the Bridge are House Are they going to be there? So these guys can already hang out in a bar? We, we will have a select few that help us. Mostly they'll help us with the restaurants. We're going to have 15 restaurants there, like they'll be serving food. That's just a cool thing. Yeah. Okay. You gotta. I had to get to the point where I, a lot of alcoholics won't say this, and a lot of people in recovery, you know, oh, you can't go in a bar if you're in a if you're in a, a barber shop long enough, you're gonna get your hair cut. You know, if you're in a bar long enough, you're gonna have a drink. But um, you know, to so go. So you advise people to stay out of bars. Is that stay out of bars unless you're All with right. other people in recovery or it's a bridge house event. So there's a great, there's an, here's a great sentence in your bio, Andrew, that I haven't yeah. got to. We're going to have to get out of here but in a minute. But it says, in 2014, you purchased the home of the Treme, 
uh, as a project to undertake with your wife, and then three months later filed for divorce. That's another strange sentence to hear in a... She filed for divorce, not me. Yeah, right. That's a funny right. thing to put in your bio, too, though. No, it was her fault. No, I didn't say it was her fault. No. I didn't say it was her fault. I said she filed first. And what, was her, what was the cause of that? Well, well, we went into that project knowing that we were in a situation where we were thinking about splitting up. Okay. And did you think that might bring you back together, like having a kid or something? We, we did. And, and actually, I said point blank, I think this is less risky than buying a kid. Like we, you can't buy a kid. You, well, you can, but it's what? frowned upon, generally speaking. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So I said, you know, like, let's, let's get a project going. And, right. and so we bought a house together down here. And you hear couples say that they were having a perfectly normal, happy marriage until they started renovating their house. It drove them apart. That was the thing that brought us to the, so when we put the, we, we had a small, tiny place. We had a condominium up in Boston that we did together. Like, we restored the whole right. thing. And that was probably the most happy we were together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Right. Didn't, I, well, no, I'm, she, I'm happy she, as anything. You're good. You got the yeah, house yeah, by yeah, the sound yeah, of it. Yeah. 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 And she's doing great, you know. Where did she go? Uh, she stayed in Boston. Oh, so she's in Boston there. Yeah, yeah. She went back to Boston. Stayed. We never, we never, we didn't even move, it, it was not enough time to move down together. You know oh, okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I came down, she didn't. So how are you doing now? Are you dating anybody? Are you married again? Because you're married again, Kevin, right? Yep. You bounce back and you have another decent, yep. happy, stable marriage. What I, ha- what I am you not, to, but that was, four, that was four years ago that we divorced and I gave myself four years. So this will be the so year. So today's the day. Today's the day. So what are we Let's looking go. for? <laughs> yeah. What, what do you want to do? What change are you looking for? That's, I, I, it's, that's a lot to ask on a right. podcast, you know? Not really. We've got a minute. Do you have a We've reference a license? Do I have a reverence license? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could get one for a dollar from the Universal <laughs> Life Church of Modesto, California, actually. Right. Sure. Really? Why, do you want to get married? I'm going to get one. Jason probably has one. Why, no. do you want to get married? No, I'd prefer, today? I'd prefer not to. To whom? Do you have anyone in mind? No, not necessarily. Okay. So you're open to just meeting someone and getting married to them. This is not the first time I've heard this story. The last time, this didn't end up well at all. I, I would imagine that that would not right end up well Right here at the well. same table. So. At the same table. Yeah. You remember Frank Skurlock, who ran for mayor? Yeah. He met somebody at this fury table and ended up they leaving with married? them. And really? no, no, they're not married at all. No, I don't think they're even talking to each other. Oh, okay. But no. the, they were going to get married. He proposed to her. So are you look, are you, that's what you're looking for, though. You want to find a replacement for it. In what? year four. Why did you pick four years, actually? Well, because I turned 40 in January, which okay. was just last month. Well, happy birthday. Thank you very much. All right. And do you feel any different? No, not at all. So tell me something, who pays you to do all this good work you're doing to hook people up with federally mandated? Generally speaking, what we help our clients do is develop funds, much like you spend, uh, I think, a lot of your time doing. So we help them tap into federal funds and private funds and stuff like that, and then then we help them develop those programs. Yeah, but who's paying you, though? Uh, Usually it's organizations that represent these health centers, so associations of health centers. Like... Associations of health centers. I mean, I, why are they it's fuzzy. You? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I thought you might know who writes a paycheck that you no, renovate the house with. So th- there, are, there are groups that are very interested. So when Louisiana, you mentioned Louisiana Medicaid expansion, and I, and I really appreciated the way that you said that because I think most people talk about Medicaid expansion as either this state does or does not pay for health care for the poor, and that, that fails to understand what's right. going on here. 
you made the point that when Medicaid expanded, suddenly you had access to resources that you never had before. Exactly. So there are parties that are interested in seeing the financial resources be made available to care for people that have addiction, right. have significant medical issues, whatever it is. We work, we work for them. And I know I'm being super, I know I'm being super fuzzy about that, but organizations that advocate at the state level for things like Medicaid expansion, we come in and we help them make that happen. Jason, are you following this at all? Oh, yeah. I'm, right, okay. I'm on top of you it. You got it. Do I look confused? No, I'm confused. Brain I can't understand. I can't understand who's actually paying you. But I guess I don't need to, do I, Kevin? Does it matter that I don't get it? I don't think it's going to matter. It's not going to matter to anyone? <laughs> no. All right. I think but you're not doing... Ah, Billy Shell's calling me. You're going to be talking about Scarlock as soon as we leave here. So... I feel it's an instructive... Uh, so we weren't involved directly in Louisiana expansion, but we were involved in expansion in about 10 states. And so there were organizations that so came... So you just happen to live here. I just happen so to live here. So your business is all over the country? All over the country. Oh. So, so you can do this anywhere. I could, I could live anywhere I wanted. I chose to live here. Sweet. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good job. So. Yeah. Well, thanks. Glad yeah. to have you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate right. that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate right. that. Well, you could help us out, actually, Andrew, because you know yeah. we're, we're on Patreon now. Okay. Happy hour. And do you know what Patreon is? I do, actually, yeah. Okay, so it's a way for people to help sponsor the show. That's right. It's a way for people to... Ordinary people can give us a dollar and be a part of Happy Hour and help support the show. So we're not, so we're not dependent on advertisers. We're dependent more on people who listen, users of the show. So... So who do you get paid from? So I get paid from... Uh, Thomas pays me. Really? Yep. And we have... And then I pay Thomas. C-Rock pays Thomas. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a bunch of people on the street with uh, it squeegees. It sounds like a vicious circle. That's what mm-hmm. it, sounds like. <laughs> it is pretty vicious. So if you, get, you go to patreon.com, which is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and uh, you can give us a dollar, as little as a dollar a month, and be, you get exclusive access to stuff that we make exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. And also you get to be even on the show, if you like. Just a whole other deal, which we haven't really figured out how to do that yet, but... Mm-hmm working on Jason to do this. So you're the kind of guy I need to help us figure out how to get Patreon to work. How to, how to get people to like, yeah. pay can, attention. Yeah, if you can get people to pay attention to you all over the country and yeah. figure out how to get people free medical care. Yeah, yeah. You must be able to figure out how to get people to... Don't say free. We don't like to say free. What do we say? Well, we like to say that we're investing in health, like pu- public health. I think that resonates, okay. you know. Investing so, in happy hour. No, I don't know about that. Does that sound good? <laughs> doesn't sound as good when you say investing. I mean, I save my money for happy hour, but I don't know if everybody does, you know? You're giving us a dollar a month right now, right? I should get everyone to sign up when they're on the show. That's, 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 <laughs> no, that's a good idea. That was worth the whole hour. Hey, thanks for joining us. That's Andrew Principe. All right. Who's been here. If we want to find out more about you, we can go to stylingadvisors.com. You can yeah. Google that, stylingadvisors.com. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Gardere has been here too. Kevin is the Executive Director of Development at Bridge House Grace House, which we can find as well. And the fabulous... Jason Bishop is here from Jason Bishop yeah, and the Residual Limbs. Yeah, that's it. Not See, you said it right the first time. That's awesome. That's it. We're just going to go with that. Yeah, we'll Jason go with Bishop that. and the Residual Limbs. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good band name, don't you? <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt, right? And what could the first... Uh, what, well, it what, did hurt when he took it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on that note, thanks so much for joining us. It's been Happy Hour for another week. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. And our associate producers are Alison Moon and April Stolf. Our music director is Christian Unruh. And our music producer is Jean Valois. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. And Asher Griffith is our Facebook live feed director. Andrew is C-Rock. C-Rock is our fact checker and social media connector right over there. Our theme music was written by and is being currently played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, then you can sit upright for about an hour while drinking cocktails. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out many other hours of happy hour.
now that's up there, as well as some other shows we make here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and our award-winning podcast about death. Death, the podcast, which was named one of the top 40 podcasts in America in 2017. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at acadiana.com and it's batonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, we call It's New Orleans, and you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Cheryl Del Pozo. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show was recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans, where they have a three-hour happy hour here every day and brunch on the weekends. Happy Hour is a production of Iron Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. If you're looking for Andrew Duhon, you can find him by going to andrewduhon.com and see if he's in a town near you. Otherwise, he'll be probably, I think, back here next week so thanks for hanging out with us from everyone around here uh, around the table at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know Broadcasting I'm Grant Morris I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour